0: Hey, this is Lacole Rose and the Fret sisters are back for season two of our Between Frets podcast. I know you missed us and we surely missed you, so come along and join us as we dive into the second season of Between Frets.
1: everybody thank you for joining between frets a space where female musicians who played string instruments meet and discuss all things music i'm your host jenny jam and we have a special guest great guest today in our season two of, of uh, between frets uh, we have danielle walcott also known as gouda Gouda, <laughs> G- how are you? Thank you for joining well, thank us. thank
0: you for asking. I truly appreciate it, man. I'm excited.
1: Definitely. Well, at first, I just want to congratulate you on your um, journey through as a student. Um, and we'll get to more of that later. But I just wanted to personally congratulate oh, you on just what you're you. doing thank right you. now. It's amazing. Um, but I did pull up your, um, your bio. And very interesting, I mean, we can put the link up in the show notes, okay. but I noticed that, which I didn't even know, um, that you come from a very musical mm-hmm. family, and you have you have seven brothers. <laughs> Not yeah, that. I have a lot of
0: brothers, um, and just growing up, you know, uh, I've always wanted to be like them you know um, because that's all I had around you know so it it wasn't until I was about seven or eight when I was like you know what I'm tired of having brothers I asked my mom for a sister she said well I'm not having any more kids (laughs) so she and my dad decided to adopt um, a family of children who needed a home and I that's how I got my sisters and actually me and one of them we have the same birthday so that was pretty cool So yeah, so it's a pretty big family like 12 of us.
1: Wow, that's great. What did your father actually do? Like was he a guitar player or singer? Yeah. Or? Yep, my father
0: played guitar and my mother played piano and she sang so my uh my dad, you know, with all the boys, you know, I don't know if, if he was trying to do a Jackson Five thing or not. I'm not sure, but he's uh, mm-hmm. on the gospel end. They had a quartet group up in Jersey City, New Jersey, and um, they sang that quartet singings and programs and stuff. And then when I came along, I would just sit in the front seat and just like be in awe of just like, wow, you know, this is amazing. So they didn't have a guitar player, so my dad played guitar. And my brothers and them sang and uh, played drums and bass. And then when I got five uh, years old, that's when he was like, OK, she's going to be on the guitar. And that's how I started with the guitar in my hand. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. um, so that was your earliest memory of music, which I just think is phenomenal. So you um, were interested in guitar and the bass. Did you have a preference? Oh, yeah. Bass
0: came along way later. Uh guitar oh. yeah my dad just kind of you know he would have me up to one o'clock listen i'm five and six year old like one o'clock in the morning like practicing like scales and stuff like that and trying to and i'm like i just want to go to sleep and I, I didn't appreciate it and of course most kids don't you know when you well you know as a parent you know he saw something that i had i catch on quickly so um how i picked up bass was i was in college and i was playing for the gospel choir there, um, and they needed a bass guitar player, and I was like, well, I mean, I can try, you know, you know, and that's how I picked it up in college, so that was about 20 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. When you did start learning how to play guitar, did, like, your parents get you, like, instruments? Like, what did they get you? Like, what was your first guitar? My first
0: guitar was this Blue Ibanez. Uh, nice pretty blue and uh, honestly guitar wasn't something that I thought I should be doing. I just thought my dad just gave it to me just to be, you know, having a complete band and I didn't really appreciate it until I became an adult actually, but I did it because I knew I had to do something with music and they couldn't afford lessons really. I think I took like um, maybe a year of lessons uh, with this uh awesome jazz guitar player his name was george somewhere up in new jersey but it didn't last long so i don't know you know at that time i didn't know i was a child if you know lessons could not be afforded or anything so everything else i've learned after that was by ear i would just listen to you know music and i was one of those kids that sat in the house and listened to jazz and i loved it and uh my first time hearing jazz or really Understanding what jazz was was in fifth grade. My brother, his name is We. actually well, should call him Bird. Bird actually was the drummer of the quartet band, but then he also played trumpet. And I was, I was like, man, trumpet sounds so beautiful, man. And so I started playing trumpet in fifth grade. And um, my band teacher at the time, I guess he noticed that, you know, Hope, oh, man, she's actually pretty good. So I got the solo. In uh, Mo' Better Blues, and that was when I was like, what is this music? And jazz is just like, got a hold of me, and I just kept going with jazz since
1: then. So, was your first gig with them? Like, what was your first gig, really, besides doing like the recital one?
0: Yeah, if I can remember, uh, it was at church. We were at a church in New Jersey, and my father actually, you know, he advocated for his children to be involved in church musicianship and stuff like that but they you know most most churches have their set musicians they don't really switch out or anything but he really pushed for me actually just i mean one sunday a month or something just to get that experience and exposure so that was actually my first gig my dad did everything for me so he took the guitar out, set the amp up, did my presets and my t- I didn't know any of that until like a couple of years ago cuz he did everything for me. He was like, "I got it. I just want you to play." You know, so and that was my first time playing. Um, I played a couple of chords and I can't remember the songs, but that was that was my first time and I remember the dress that I had on this hideous flowery dress that I had to wear. Um,
1: <laughs> and
0: um, <laughs> that was my first time, but I, I would I would tell other people if someone's doing stuff for you, please ask questions and learn what they're doing because I didn't understand the importance of finding who your you know, what your true tone is and what your true sound is. Um yeah, I didn't I didn't find that out until I was way older. <laughs> you know,
1: I'm curious, how did you start? Realizing, oh yeah, I really am playing guitar and I'm really lo- playing music, and then actually get right into learning chords or understanding what you were um, putting out there in the world as far as sharing your gift. Hmm. Um. Man, when I
0: realized I knew from the beginning what music was, and I just I just knew when I wasn't playing it, and I'm a big. Uh, live music um, that's, that's, that's just what I like to go do for fun just go out and listen to live music I can be sitting there listening to someone else play and I can just like close my eyes and imagine and feel myself I'm like I should be up there I always want to be performing mm-hmm. so I always had that desire that music is a part of me and whatever I played was music but how I understood what music was more than just notes was when I started playing for a church like actually you know playing for a church um, as an adult was when I mean, people would just come up to me after the service and be like, you don't understand the gift that you had. And at that time, I didn't. You know, I was always, at the time, I just wanted to play and, you know, feel as equal as the men. times, I didn't get paid and stuff like that. But I still knew, people still came up to me afterwards, be like you don't know what you did for me or just other females just be like, man, that's 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 a female up there playing and dropping and getting down and stuff like that. But I would be up there playing and I would just close my eyes and the tears start flowing. You know, that's when I realized music is more than notes. It's actually a ministry and it can change anything. I mean, atmospheres, attitudes, moods, it can change, it can connect people, it can disconnect, It it, it can do so much, you know, so... I knew music is powerful, but I didn't understand its power until I really started playing for church. And I actually, even though um, I don't play church full time, well, I'll get into that later, but, you know, um, church is not my only avenue of playing. You know, even I take that ministry everywhere I play, even if maybe a secular place or a club or uh festival you know it's always a chance to minister to somebody you know it depends because they 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 feel what you put out
1: yeah yeah i mean what you're saying is just so true about passion and feeling that passion even like when you're down to like crying or tears getting that emotional i mean that is just so beautiful when musicians experience that when did you start getting into, I guess, secular groups or just different types of bands or music, or even as a solo artist?
0: It was it was always church until my probably second year of college in two thousand and one. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, someone asked me to play for a band. It was this. Uh, I was playing for the gospel choir at UNC Charlotte, um, and so, some of the members had a. R&B group and they wanted me to play and I was just like I don't know man I'm not I'm not sure about this because I just grew up in church and I I was even at a small church that told me that I was wrong for doing that so I never really understood that in growing as a believer in Christ you know that's all I knew and when I was invited or asked to join an R&B group and it's something that. At the time, my pastor found out, and you know, I was just like his words. You know, is very much sinful, and I was like, "What?" I mean, I didn't, I didn't understand. Like, I'm, I'm doing what I love. I'm, I'm playing, and but I actually stopped for a long time because I was kind of in conflict in my living right by you know church standards and so forth, and I just, I just didn't understand until I really started growing myself um, in God and knowing what my needs are and the wants of the people. And ministry goes beyond the walls of the church, you know, and uh, um, people connected in those venues as well. It's It's a ministry all over, you know, so if we only stay in one place, we'll never get to reach the masses. And that's what we are here and meant to do through music.
1: Yeah. And that's a good message, Mm -hmm. because I know that um, not most musicians, but I know I've heard that same thing about church versus playing secular and stuff. And I know I've heard it, too. Mm -hmm. I'm not a church musician, but I've heard kind of like the same thing in a way. Mm -hmm. If you're playing church versus playing in a band, playing secular music that's not so Christian. So it's actually, yeah, yeah, it's actually good that you have that, you know, that you can say, well, here's my experience.
0: Yeah. And I, I just, I just tell people like, yeah, I know there's, there's different type of behaviors in different type of places. And it depends on, and it really matters on how you uphold your self and your integrity in the decisions you make so because people are watching you know people people will see what you do and my my main goal and focus is i'm like i don't know who i can encourage today or who i can help today but i have done it in many venues and it's outside of the church
1: as Mm -hmm. well you know and taking back to the kind of style that you learned from playing church and then going into an R&B band. Did that help like the gospel chops help you with the R&B chops, you know what I mean? Well, it is related. Um, you can
0: you can always pull from all type of genres to you know make another type of genre colorful, make it more interesting. Especially when you're doing improv and soloing and stuff like that. Uh, I grew up as playing mainly just quartet, so it limited me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I couldn't get out the rhythm of quartet music, you know. Um, but I would say the more you do it, the more you listen. A lot of times, music is about listening, you know, to others and um, that's why we have these greats that we look up to and these amazing musicians and singers and artists. Listen, listen, your 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 ear is one of your best teachers. It's great to learn it on a page, but the page doesn't teach you feeling. And when you're playing R&B and rhythm and blues and so forth, they want to feel feel you, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta really listen and go to live performances, connect with other musicians that's willing to show you and help you grow because it it does take more than looking on a page or on a chord sheet and going beyond Mm -hmm. that.
1: You've been playing in different types of bands out there. Like, I know you hit some go-go, <laughs> being from D.C. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I knew nothing about go-go music. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey, but go-go mustn't make it up that far. But um, yeah, it took research. It it does take research. As a musician, my goal in my journey right now is to get uncomfortable. Um, because once you stop learning, you stop Growing and once you stop growing, it's like, okay, what's next? And I don't ever want to be to the point where I'm just like, okay, here's just another day I'm playing. I want to be like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn something new and how can I apply that to the next thing? Um, yeah, we actually, me and the ladies of the group and the band manager, and um, the band manager at that time also had a, another go go band that they've been together for about a little bit over 10, 11 years. And we all just took a trip to DC man we took a trip to dc to hear some of the most amazing go-go music and i'm like jaw dropped was like oh my god like Mm -hmm. this is so amazing this is so amazing but yes it did take some research so i would say don't pass up opportunities i would say definitely research and learn it but um yeah you definitely have to know the style you got to know the feel of it in order to connect with go-go lovers and uh
1: yeah that was that was a cool experience yeah yeah trying to study a style and everything is always fun and keeps keeps inspiring you I want to take it to another part of your journey which you're also an EMT or part-time full-time at once and part-time yeah that's amazing I've
0: been an EMT for 12 years um even though I played music, been around music my whole life, uh, leaving high school, going to college, my dad and, you know, family wanted me to be a doctor. I was a first generation college student, the first, you know, so there's so much pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, right. And, uh, you, you, what is the most elite profession out there? And, you know, coming from a you know, African-American family, There, there's no doctors in my family. There's no lawyers. You look at those prestigious jobs and stuff. So I wanted to be, or I was told I had to be a doctor, go down the pre-medical field. So I did that, but I struggled. I am so good with hands-on and I didn't do well in lecture. But lab, I got straight A's because I'm just a visual learner. I like I have to put my hands on things to learn. So even while I was in college the first time back in 2000, I still took some music classes just to stay connected. I knew even though I wasn't doing it a lot, I knew I had to still stay connected in some form. So I took a intro to guitar. Even then I knew, I'm like, man, I know I can play, but I don't know what I'm playing. Not many people understand when I say that. It's like, I know what to play, but how is this How is this constructed? I know it's more than just listening and playing. So, um, yeah, I went into the medical field. After leaving college the first time, I didn't know you needed patient care experience. Going to college is great, but many times it doesn't fully equip you when you leave. I learned about being in EMT. I was only supposed to do one year <laughs> as in EMT to get about eight to 900 hours of patient care experience so I can go to physician assistant school. And at the time, my boyfriend, he's my husband now, we got together and I got pregnant with my first son. So I said, okay, I'll just stay. The benefits are awesome because, hey, that's what I have to do right now. So I stayed and that one year turned to three and then we got pregnant with our second child. So my baby girl at the time I had a pretty rough pregnancy the second time. Um, We almost lost her. At the time I thought I was miscarrying but Long story short, I, I needed a lot of medical care, so I stayed longer to get those benefits from my job. So that one year turned to twelve years, and that journey as an EMT, I don't regret it. I'm telling you, I do not regret it. I used to think and look back like, man, how much further I would be if I would have done music the first time that I went to college. And uh, but it just it just wasn't my time then. But it taught me the importance of living in life and. I'm like, as an EMT, you see everything. You see everyone's emergency. And that humbles you because I'm like, at any moment in time, their situation could have been mine. That could have been my loved one. That could have been my mom. That could have been my dad. And think about it. I've, I've probably seen it. Um, and it taught me how precious life was and how humble to be. And just like, man, that could have been me. That really, really could be me. So it it as people say, I'm I'm very cornballish. I can be very cheesy, but I'm telling you, why not? Why not, man? Life is so precious and I take every moment to forgive quickly and love mm-hmm. hard. I really do.
1: Yep. Gosh, definitely. And just the fact that you experienced all that and I think it's just the path that you're being led to. I think it always is like well, if I did this, maybe that could have happened or if this would have happened. Mm-hmm. but I think that when you look at it, this was a path that you were taking and now look, you're mm-hmm. enrolled at UNCC, right <laughs> as a full-time student. Yes. And now look at your journey now. like could have that that have happened back then? Um, you have two kids now. It's just so amazing what's happening right now like Yeah, you get a
0: chance as an EMT you touch all walks of life from the richest of the richest to the poorest of the poorest and that's what we really want to do right in ministry Mm -hmm. with our music and we want to be able to touch everyone you know and uh i got a chance to connect with people that i probably would not have being able to see things that i probably would not have on any normal day of just doing just something else after my second child i wanted to have a little bit more stable schedule because as a paramedic you work very long hours sometimes 12 14 hours sometimes 24 hours if you pick up double shifts and so forth and I said no I wanted to be there more so I stayed with the company and I got a desk job but I also work part-time as a paramedic as well Um, So I was doing both, which added more. I was I was thinking I was making a transition for less, but it actually added more. But I was at the desk position in the billing uh, department for five years and I would just sit at my desk all day. And I'm a big um, believer of inspirational messages. So I had them all around my desk because you already have so much of the world surrounding you with negativity and people in their drama and so forth. And I I always needed to stay encouraged because I knew what I'm I'm planning to do is out the norm. Most people, you know, you stay at your job for 30 years, you just stay there, you retire and you on social security. And I'm like, no, it gotta be more. It has to be more and I'm gonna look for more. So I'll be sitting there for eight, nine hours a day. And I said, man, if I had this much time to practice and sit at this desk. I'm like, how much better I would be as a musician? And I was like, well, how do I change that? And I was like, I need to go back to school because I'm very grateful for all the gigs I've got. I love gigging. I love performing. That is like the best part of everything for me is performing. But I perform and I play other people's music and I I listen to a song and I play. I listen to a song, but I said, well, how do I become the music. How do I learn how music is, you know, written and how to go beyond just what you see on a page, go beyond from what someone else played. And I knew I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the fundamentals and the foundation of how music is constructed and I was like I'm going back to school and I've tried before enrolling in college and uh, I, I tried to reach out to other musicians to see if they can teach me and this and that and I can assume what it would be but I never got anyone to agree to help me so I said well why wait on someone else to decide to help me why wait to be chosen why wait for someone else to decide my fate when I said I ha- I'm the author of my own life I have the pen and what am I going to write you know what I'm saying and yeah I said in order to get better opportunities and not even better because like I said gigging I love it but I want it more I'm like well why can't I not play for one day when the first time black girls rock came on I was like how do I get on that stage and how do I play and make music for movies how do I do this how do I do that and I need to understand and know how to communicate with musicians a little bit better and I wanted to know the foundation and the structure of music and actually that's one of the first courses in college is a uh, of fundamentals and structure of music theory and uh, me and my husband sat down we looked at all our bills and stuff like that because I didn't feel comfortable leaving him 100% financially responsible for everything as a wife and as a spouse and a partner in life I want to be considerate and why would I put that much pressure on him when I'm like, if he's not mentally here and just always working, working, working just to get bills paid, I'm like, well... That's not fair. So we we planned. So we did both work overtime. We paid off two cars, I think four months, and we got our bills to where we was like, man, we got more than enough with one paycheck, and he don't have to stress himself and overwork himself and so forth. And it worked. So I did. I gave him my two weeks notice. I never told him because I told certain people. And but when I decide to finally give him my two weeks notice, everybody's like, oh my god, what you going back to school for? Are you going to be a doctor? Or are you going to be? I said, no, I'm be a musician. And I want to be a full-time musician. I want to be a full-time guitarist. I want to be a full-time everything in music. And people's like, oh. And I'm like, at first, now that could discourage you. Because people are like, oh, like, for music? Like, yes, for music. And that's what I was afraid of, just telling too many people too early because I didn't want to get discouraged. I didn't want to get off my path and my journey of what I know in my heart I need to do. And I said, we're so used to being comfortable and complacent. Because it is easy that way. It is easy that way. But I say, how much, how how far can God take me doing the, the, the things that he gave me? He gave me this talent for music, this gift and this passion, this love. Like, where can he take me with it? And I decided to go. I just I decided to go, so I applied. I took a month before auditions at UNC Charlotte. I didn't know I needed to play classical music and I knew nothing about classical guitar. So, I, I got in touch with one of the instructors from the university, and he gave me a month of classical guitar lessons so I can pass my audition. And that was my transition into going back to school and leaving my job full time, still working it part time. But um, I'm actually deciding today to give him my resignation for and become a full time musician. So,
1: Breaking news. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with some more between frets after these messages.
0: What is good, everybody? This is Sean, Seanie, Sean Marshall from Fret Sisters. Make sure you follow us on social media in IG, Fret Sisters, and like us on Facebook with Fret Sisters One. You will catch up with us behind the scenes, get all the tea on what us founders are doing individually outside of Fret Sisters.
1: Well, just, there's just a couple things that I just want to comment on what you just said. First, the fact that you made that decision to become a full-time musician and go back to college. I definitely applaud that. And especially the fact that you're getting instruction. Like I'm a big advocate for instruction is the best way to achieve a goal mm-hmm. because it disciplines you, right? Yes. Um, and then the other thing too was... People like looking at you and saying it's that label it's like, Oh, she wants to go to back to school to be a guitar you know, to be a professional musician. You know what I mean? Like it is taken seriously, like just cause it you. Is see, taken seriously. You know? So I think people don't have that perception.
0: Tell anybody to take one music theory class. Music is so much like math, it's so much like science. And I love math and science. Maybe that's why I'm so connected to it and I love pu- it's it's a puzzle when you have to do voice leading and you know, writing charts and doing, coming up with little phrases and stuff. That's what we're doing in music theory and stuff now, right now. And and, uh, I'm like, man, the, I'm like, I didn't know it was this deep, like music is so deep. And I would sit there in class. I'm like, who thought of all this stuff? Like when you, when you, when you start putting the pieces together and I appreciate my professors there because, you know, I was very much, the first week of school last year when I decided to go back Um, And I went back at age 36. So for anybody out there listening, it's never too late. Mm -hmm. It's never too late to go after what you truly want to do. Definitely plan, you know, for it, you know, unless you're in that position, you can make spontaneous decisions like that. But I couldn't, you know, so, um, but yes, one of my professors was like, oh, you have it. You have what it is. But he said, once you get this peace unlocked he was like it's just limitless after that and that's what i felt i felt stuck you know because i had the youtube channels and i would sit there and try to learn licks and this and that da, 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 and being self-taught but like you said the main reason i went back was for that accountability and that structure um because as hey i'm a mom i'm a wife i work and this and that everything else becomes Primary as a mother and as a wife and so forth and music many times was at the end of the day 11, 12 o'clock at night maybe for a couple of minutes until I fall asleep and I had to discipline myself I, well I, I had to put myself in that structured environment um, so I can learn and um, that is what you What you said was key to why I went back.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, another thing that we've talked about before in our podcast in between frets is health. Health as a musician, being a mother and gigging or being a full time musician or just being a musician. And I know with you, just following your journey and looking at your Instagram, Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do that. Um, (laughs) We love you, (laughs) Duda. Um, we noticed that you're very healthy or you do, you do like health matters to you, especially in food, you know, in, um, wellness and everything. Can you, um, give any advice or actually talk about that so that our listeners can hear more about that?
0: Yeah. Um, like I said, my, my second pregnancy put a lot of weight and strain on my body and, um, it got to a point where I was just, just getting so overweight and physically, Capable of even walking up a flight of stairs without being winded, and I said, "I going down this route and this path of just living, and when you are gigging, you eat the quickest thing, the fastest thing. You it's just not a priority, you know. You just get what you can. You get to the gig, and many times is that those venues that only serve bar food. the 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 likelihood of you sustaining a very long career or life is is it has a low probability you know and I I don't want that for my kids I look at some of these amazing musicians that I absolutely love and from Jimi Hendrix to Jaco Pistorius and so forth and the stuff that I'm like why are they not here you know what I'm saying I'm like why are they not here like they're li- I'm like their lives are just shortened and the gifts and the talents let it. They have made their mark in history, and I'm, I'm glad that I have the chance to be able to go back and listen to who these musicians were. But to, I'm like, man, I wish they were just still here that I can just say hello and just touch one of them and shake their hand and stuff like that. And I said, whatever I need to do in my life to make sure on my end that I'm doing my best for my health and my wellness, not just for me but for my children, I'm gonna do that. It took a minute for me to you know, make health my focus. But I started going to these guitar summits and connecting with other musicians. And most musicians, they're very unhealthy or overweight and stuff like that. And I was like, man, we need to take this as a priority, you know? And what about my children? You know, I'm like, God forbid. Yeah. As one, as one of my brothers said, Oh, you can go out and get hit by a car today. You can, but that's out of my control. What can you do that's in your control for your own life? And Mm Putting the right things in my mouth and in my body is the most important thing for me. Once I started doing that, oh my God, the energy that my body, I get up and feel alive every day knowing that I'm putting live food in my body. You know, yeah, I still snack from time to time. You know, I'm not not—I'm not saying I'm extremist with, you know, health and wellness or whatever, but whatever I can do, and it's still a daily struggle. I'm not at that point to where it's... um is so ingrained that I have to have it every day. No, it's still a push every day, you know, because now being back in school um, for my second year now, and I'm like, okay, where do I fit in my fitness and my health and wellness? So what me and my husband and my children did this summer was we started bike riding. Um, so we all got bikes and now I bike to school because so that, because I don't, I don't want to lose because my day is getting busier, but Hey, I can find another way. I may not make it to the gym, but as long as I'm being active and as long as I'm moving my body and from being, you know, stuck or sitting so long, um, that is good with me. That is good Mm -hmm. with me. And so, yes, I pack my food every day. I bought thermals and, you know, I make my food and I take it with me. So, um, yeah, that is that is a big part. You can't minister. You, You won't be here if you don't take care of the thing that matters most, which is you
1: totally agree talk about your gear really quick if you want you know just like what you use your axes your pedals do you have
0: any endorsements well i do not have any endorsements yet Or um, shout,
1: shout out some hey <laughs> right now one day
0: paul rees smith prs guitars oh my god like that was my first time because I had uh, my mom. She wanted to buy me a guitar. My husband bought me a guitar and I was like, thank you. But no, they do not feel right. They didn't fit me as a <laughs> as an artist and as a musician. I was like, I'm pretty it's cute, you know, and <laughs> and I was very appreciative because they, they they believe and they're very supportive in what I want to do in life. And I truly appreciate that. And I've already felt bad for having to send it back or take it back to the store but when I put the Paul Reece Smith in my hand and I said man it fits my hand like a glove it fits so good to where I have ease of playability and just I felt so comfortable and that's the main guitar that I play for everything um I have not found an acoustic guitar that I truly like What I did this past summer was I said, "Well, since Paul Reed Smith guitars are so great on me, let me try their acoustics." It didn't feel the same. So I'm still on a search for a good acoustic um, guitar right now because you know you, you still want that acoustic sound. I do a lot of acoustic sets which I have like three coming up within the next month that I'm like, I don't have an acoustic guitar for. <laughs> but I normally play my electric guitar with an acoustic pedal. Um, I do chorus um, and I do a distortion just basic and a wah-wah and a EQ compressor. That's it. Um I'm exploring more into sounds and went to the International Musician Summit in Durham this past May and um uh they're amazing guitarists and uh the what he did with his multi effects pedal was absolutely bananas but it got me thinking out the box and that's why I encourage people to stay connected to other musicians. It just helps let you see the possibilities that music isn't a, you know, one circle or one square. It doesn't go in a square, you know, it's like, it's so broad and it's up to us to explore that. So, you know, seeing what you can do with a multi-effects pedal that I don't know, he put a phaser and something else together and all of a sudden it sounded like a machine gun. And he I was like, where can you add that into the music? There's nowhere, no way he can make that sound musical. And lo and behold, he did. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm, I'm still growing and learning more about getting those effects and sounds and building up my gear right now.
1: Oh, that's great. And you have, you play bass too. Do you have a bass, um, a certain bass set you play or a preference? I have a Ibanez, um,
0: sound gear, um, that I absolutely love. I love slender necks. It gives me a little bit more control, um, over playing, um, and make, make, make me feel I have more control of the instrument than it has control over me I have a uh Ibanez as well semi hollow body um I don't like hollow bodies it's too big for me so Mm -hmm. you know I guess it it makes me feel like I can't control it and if I'm so focused on how something looks and versus how I can make it sound then it takes away from what I can do with it so
1: yeah
0: uh, what i tell people is don't just go by what other people have because it may not be the right thing for you definitely go and try as many guitars instrument strings pedals straps whatever there is try and figure out what's best for you it's 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 definitely good to have people that you look up to that you want to not imitate yeah i guess imitate or sound like and stuff that that gives you somewhere to start but still develop who you are as a musician because you have something special that is out there too but you know many times we 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 want to sound like who we love oh my god I love Christian McBride and Victor Wooten uh, how I'm like can I have your hand <laughs> but yeah. I was like their 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 gift is just a platform for me to get started and just seeing their journey is is, you know, helping me grow in who I am as a musician because I have something so special too. It just takes time getting to know who I am, your gear. Like I said, my dad set up my gear and everything for me. So I never learned that until maybe about six, seven years ago. So, hey, get to know your instruments and your gear very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's some great advice right there. Are you working on any solo projects or or what else are you working on besides being a student, a mom, superwoman, (laughs) a a wife, (laughs) a DMT? I I know.
0: I love all those things and definitely get into health and wellness. I do one day want to be a fitness trainer, fitness instructor, a motivational speaker. Those, Those are all things that come with awesome platform, but music is truly what I want to um, do full-time as my career right now. Um, I just honestly, this January being in school uh, was my second semester and I didn't understand like we go through those moments of just soul-seeking and soul-searching and it wasn't until January or yeah, sometime mid-January when I realized I said I'm a guitarist. It took me a, a while to accept what my true gifts and passion is because I thought this was just, just what my dad gave me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, he he made me pick this thing up or whatever. And it, it takes getting to know you as a person and what you truly love and what you can and can't live without. And what my husband also used to always tell me, he still tells me to this day, can you do it without even getting paid for it? And would you still love it? And I said, yeah, like it took me a minute to really like, I love music. I love playing guitar, I love performing. And um, so that's what I'm doing right now and is making that transition full-time. Like I said, I'm giving my resignation in today as an EMT that part of my life has definitely molded me to be who I am now, but it's time to move on to that Mm -hmm. next chapter in my life. And um, definitely go with some fire under my feet after what I truly
1: love. So that's, that's great. Like everything you've been talking about is just so inspirational that I'm sure even somebody who's just starting out, either young or old is probably taking a lot of good advice from this podcast right now but is there anything else? I mean, seriously, no, I mean, even me, I'm just like, so inspired. Um, (laughs) I love you, girl. Um, Um, any, anything else, um, that you could, that you can offer for any female musician, just musician in general that, um, that wants to take that next step.
0: Um, what I struggled with, and I do have a young lady that I do give bass lessons to, um, and she's 50, 16 now, 16 years old, and what I'm trying to instill in her is some things that I didn't get as a young budding musician, and it's just that confidence. I notice, and I don't mean this in any type of derogatory way, what I've seen with a lot of female musicians is that the confidence level is very low because our counterparts, you know, with men musicians, male musicians, it's a male-dominated industry. It's a male-dominated instrument for centuries. We have to believe more in our gifts and our talents. We have to stand tall. When you're performing on stage, stand tall with your head up high, baby. Like, what I want people to see and understand is that what you don't know find a way to learn it practice 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 what we learn in school is the art of practice you can you can hear music all day and play in but once you practice and get those you know trouble spots and those uh, parts in music that you don't understand and just build your confidence level up day after day um is it'll just make you as a musician a whole lot better in your in your confidence level and just understanding that i'm sorry to say but and this is how i've been my whole life now i'm really trying to put i'm putting the pieces together as i used to say before then i used to want to be like my brothers and and this is how i feel now and it's like my counterparts i'm sorry anything you can do i can do better And that's how I kind of push myself to be better. It's like, man, if they can do it, I know I can do it. And maybe even better if I just keep going after it. You know what I'm saying? So I just tell so many female musicians, man, I'm telling you, you got this. Your confidence level and your musicianship and your love for what you do. Make it a priority. Get in that shit. And just, just get in there and just start grinding those scales do your music theory. Learn the stuff that um, will help you communicate better with other musicians. It took me until last year to figure that out. And so I know it now. My confidence level has went to the sky and the moon and back. And I can communicate. I, can, I understand music better. And not only understand it, when you get into a chance... Or to a position where you have to improv and solo. It just makes you and your ministry and what you have to say. Music is a language, as Victor Wooten says. And you have something to say. But when you don't know, it's like, you you know, you start stuttering. I had a speech speech impediment my whole life. But when you start just getting the foundation, the fundamentals, and learn that stuff. Learn it. Learn it. It's not hard. It's not Mm -hmm. hard. But once you get it, you got it. And then you just run with it
1: and that's that's just perfect for what fret sisters is all about and our podcast here is that I think confidence is the, the key thing just like you said I, I just love that advice that um to be confident in yourself and it and it's it's a hard thing to do the, I gosh I love that I mean definitely is our message here um oh. Good. with just everything. So gosh, you hit it on the spot if you want to go ahead and and give out your um okay. your social media.
0: Okay, well, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Gouda82, G-U-D-A-H, the number eight and two. Um, and on Facebook, Danielle Gouda Walcott, W-A-L-C-O-T-T. Um, right now, no solo projects, no music. I'm just playing with other artists and so forth. One day I'll be on tour, so look out for me and come support. But uh, I'm excited to just what you all are doing Um I am super stoked about what you're doing because we definitely need a platform like this for um, us women as musicians to stay connected and motivated, to encourage one another, to uplift one another. Um, Y'all are a powerful force right now, and I truly appreciate what y'all are doing.
1: And we truly appreciate you for giving us the time to do this interview with us. And you know, being out there to be an inspiration to everybody and follow Gouda on her on her social media. We'll we'll be seeing you on tour. I already know it. I can feel it. <laughs> awesome!
0: Awesome! <laughs> I'm excited. Well, listen, I talk a lot, so if y'all want to have me on again, let me know. I got oh, more to say.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I mean, we are planning a new season with with new topics and I've already been like discussing with the group about doing certain podcasts, specializing in certain things and bringing in some of our past guests to talk about it. You know, that they you know about I'm stuff. So excited to I so know. Awesome. So I really, really want to bring you back or just to discuss a topic. So you'll be hearing from us, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well thank you so much.
1: Okay, so in closing, we want to thank Guda again for her time and her great words and talking about her journey. This is Fret Sisters Between frets. If you need to get in contact with us, um, be sure to look us up on Instagram at Fret Sisters, or you can email us at fret sisters music at gmail.com. Again, I want to thank you, Gouda, for taking the time for interviewing with us. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Enjoy your day. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. we